What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I'm going to recap everything that happened uh, so far in week, what is this, week 16? My goodness, fantasy playoffs are going on. Lots of stuff is happening. And uh, by the way, just one sick note, in my home league, I'm playing against the Dallas Cowboys defense, right? I was winning in that. I was winning by like 15 uh, before that game last night. Now I'm losing by like 16 points and I've got uh, the Saints kicker to go along with Mike Kosicki. So now it's I'm going to have to sweat it out like crazy to get into the championship when I thought that there was I thought I was pretty much a lock. I didn't see the Cowboys defense having the greatest defensive performance in fantasy football history, but it is what it is. Anyways, let's talk about I'm going to start back with the the Thursday game. It's uh, the, the Niners went to the Titans. They lost 1720. I'll make this quick because I think I talked about it already. But the point is Debo Samuel's a beast. Jimmy Garoppolo makes certain mistakes at certain times that really make him, you know, not the franchise guy that you want him to be. He's still a very good starting quarterback, you know, pretty much a Jared Goff kind of guy. Uh, I, I think actually golf might be a little bit better in, especially in situational play. But in any case, Jimmy had a hard time, you know, the, the interceptions there, were, I think there were two of them tough picks. And, um, I, I think that Trey Lance needs to get on the football field sooner than later for the Niners, because at this point, Lance is basically, you know, he's been able to sit there and watch now for basically 16 weeks. Like let's, I think that it's maybe this would be Kaepernick esque, and this is what I predicted from the beginning when Colin Kaepernick came in for Alex Smith, it was in like week 10, 12, 13, somewhere around there. No one had tape on him. No one really knew anything about him. And he comes out and he just goes crazy. And it's like, it, it adds such a wrinkle and element of surprise for an offensive mind, especially an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan. So you know, to me, I think that would be a wise move on their part to, to put him in, you know, I mean, if Jimmy comes out and throws for 350 and two touchdowns next week, great. If he struggles, I'm pulling him and I'm putting Lance in. That's just my my two cents on it. But as far as the Tennessee Titans go, A.J. Brown, you're a beast, back healthy, doing his thing. We have like 11 catches for over 100 yards and a, and a touchdown or something. He went crazy. Um, so I'm happy that I told some people to start him. It was tough to get super behind it, but... In any case, uh, the Titans, man, the one thing I'll say about this team is they've got heart, man. They got heart and they're well coached. Vrabel, not only is he a phenomenal coach, but where he's where he stands out to me is just managing football games, you know, doing I mean, just getting the most out of certain situations and things of that nature. He is a monster of a head coach uh, and one of the to me, one of the bright stars, you know, uh, coming up in the game as far as young coaches go. But anyways, yeah, Titans get a huge win there, and they are now – where are the Titans at in terms of playoff seeding? I think they are – I'll tell you. Okay, they're the number two seed now. That's right. So, yeah, Tennessee's 10-5 and five now. They're a game behind Kansas City. And here's the thing. If somehow the Chiefs slip up and lose a game – I don't know who they play you know, the rest of the season, but if they if they slip up and lose a game the and the Titans don't, Tennessee will have the tiebreaker because they beat Kansas City head to head. So it, they, they still have a, a real chance at the number one seed. However, um, yeah, I think that's right because they also beat the Bills, who are now ahead of the Patriots. So as long as they win out, if the Chiefs lose a the game, they'll, they'll be your number one seed. So that's pretty, pretty wild to think about all things considered there in Tennessee. All right. The Browns went into Green Bay and they lost a game that was very much winnable. Look, at the end of the day, this game came down to a couple things. Number one was mistakes by Baker Mayfield, of course. But look, at the end of the day, even with the three picks at that time, the three picks, he had the ball at like midfield or, or maybe even on the Packers 45-yard line, somewhere around there, with plenty of time on the clock, and he throws an interception. Now, I do understand there was holding on the play. I do. <clears throat> but at the same time, man, 
it's just four picks, you know, and I know one of them, the first one I didn't think really was totally on him. But in any case, dude, four interceptions in a road game at Lambeau Field where your team, your defense is doing everything it can to keep you in the game. I mean, the Packers were looking unstoppable in the first half. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams looked like it was going to be there all night long because it was there basically all night long, especially in that first half. Then the defense comes out and it holds Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field to three points in the second half after they put up 21 in the first half. So your defense gave you a chance. You know, Nick Chubb was awesome again. Uh, as usual, you know, Landry, man, Jarvis Landry's a stud. I just, I, I would love to have a guy like that on my team just because of the intangibles that he, that he offers any, any football team, but yeah, he made some nice catches or whatever. Um, and Baker didn't, there wasn't all bad for Baker. There were times where he was playing well, or he did some good things, I should say. But at the end of the day, you know, you have the ball in your hands. That's, that's what any quarterback wants at the end of the game. And, and you're at midfield, you need about 15, 20 yards and you're in like very, very makeable field goal range to win the football game because you only down two points. So it was unfortunate, and that pretty much knocks the Browns out of the out of the uh, playoff contention as far as I'm concerned. I mean, technically, maybe mathematically, they're still in it. But to me, they're out, and that makes the Green Bay Packers the number one seed in the NFC. So uh, the Pack right now, to me, I know people are saying, well, they didn't look good. They're having games where they play like shit and still win. Well, that's what good teams do, you know, to an extent. Like, I understand that you don't want to have those games, especially this time of year, but they played a very good Cleveland team, a team that in my, when I was recording the preview prediction pod that I wasn't able to publish, I said that, uh, I, I talked about this game and I said that the Browns before the season started were basically a universally known as a top 10 team in terms of talent, top 12 or whatever. You know, they're not, a, they're, they're a very talent filled uh, football team and the defense is much better than I think anybody expected it to be. So um, with all that said, tough loss for the Browns, you know, good win for the Packers. And they are, again, like I said, the number one seed. All right. Colts uh, beat the Cardinals in Arizona, 22, 16. And the shocking thing here was Arizona did a pretty decent job against Jonathan Taylor. He had that long run in the uh, first quarter, I believe was first driver, like a 43 yard run. But after that, they really held him in check nicely. He did not get in the end zone for the first time. in I don't know, like two months or whatever. It's been eight, nine games. And so that was, that was impressive for Arizona in that regard. But what happened? Carson Wentz made some big plays and big moments. And that situational football is so much about the quarterback, you know, just, playing the position of quarterback right if you're doing so successfully a lot of times it is because you are you are thriving in situational you know parts of the game like well for example third downs third and longs uh third and criticals third and goals Carson Wentz was he made several like I said you know plays in those types of situations and it, and it was enough ultimately to get the Colts to win the game and Kyler Murray again guys is struggling he had the big long 50 yard run or whatever it was but aside from that, it was it was not very impressive. Everything was dink and dunk, and it was just, you know, he missed a couple throws that were a little bit more deep down the field. I just thought that it was uh, not his best game. And, and there was a, I tweeted out during the game, half-joking, Colt McCoy, question mark. I tweeted that out. I don't really think that Colt McCoy is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. So don't, don't get it twisted. But I just, part of me felt like, and this is why I tweeted it, would Colt McCoy have mustered more than 16 points yesterday if he was a starter in that game from start to finish? I, I mean, not yesterday, Saturday. Um, and to me, I just feel like he probably would have, you know, I mean, or or at least it wouldn't have been that much of a drop off, if any. So that's my my thing. I'm just wondering if Kyler's not fully healthy or what it is. But when you make that guy stay in the pocket and beat you as a passer, 
that's where he's had struggles. And I said earlier in the year, hey, he looks like he's moved beyond that. But now, to me, it looks like he's he's kind of falling back into that. But don't get don't get it twisted. The Indianapolis Colts defense is a very good unit. Remember last year, people were calling them the best defense in all of football, and they pretty much have uh, the far majority of the same guys on there and the same defensive coordinator. And even without Darius Leonard in this game, they were still fantastic. So huge win for the Colts, and they are now the five seed. And guess what? The Arizona Cardinals, who just a couple short weeks ago were the number one seed in the NFC, are now the number five seed. They are second in their own division to the LA Rams. Remember that podcast I made a few weeks ago about the Rams, everything being in front of them in terms of uh, they could possibly win the division, maybe even steal the number one seed, which is now unlikely, but still a possibility. Well, the Browns, I mean, I'm sorry, the Rams are the number one team in that division. So shout out to them. Tough loss for the cards. And I think they're two. I believe they're two and five in their last seven games. So that's not good going into the playoffs. But hey, last time they made the Super Bowl, they had a similar sputter out towards the end of the season. So maybe they can get it rolling and get it cranked up uh, come playoff time. The Giants got beat up by the Eagles, man. It was a 3-3 game at the half. They end up losing 34-10. to Jake Fromm starts. Jake Fromm gets benched in the third quarter. Mike Glennon comes in, does whatever. You know, it was it was just ugly, right? Like the uh, the Giants offense to me is very disappointing from a, from the talent they do have, in my opinion. Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley. I mean, those are real players, dude. Those are not like these are legitimate players, in my opinion. And uh, Jason Garrett was a huge part of the problem. And now they, they haven't necessarily upgraded in terms of offensive coordinator to go at, at least by the looks of it, and I understand they're missing Daniel Jones, and uh, you know that could definitely be a part of it. And he sh- he shut down for the year now with the neck thing, so I get it. But it's very disappointing if you're a Giant fan, and I'm I'm not a Giant fan, but I do root for them because I love Dave Gutterman as, as a Panther fan. Miles Sanders is the best running back that just can't produce this year for for Philly. He's the best running back on on the most run heavy team in football. And he leaves this game with a hand injury, and he he misses the entire game. He was playing well, seven carries, 45 yards, I believe it was. And then he's out of the game. So it is what it is in that regard. But Philly was still able to do some things running the ball, and they were still able to score 31 second-half points. And I know I think one was a pick six. But in any case, the offense came alive enough in the second half. Uh, Devontae Smith goes five for 80 and a touchdown. And Philadelphia, guys, is now the number seven seed. Uh, due to their head-to-head win over New Orleans. And that means that the, even if the Saints win tonight, the Eagles will keep that number one seed. I'm sorry, number one, that number seven seed in the NFC. And so they made, uh, right now, they're in the playoffs. So we'll see how it all unfolds for them as we move forward. I think they play, if memory serves me, I think they play Washington next. But we'll see how it goes. But yes, and uh, the Giants, of course, not in the playoff mix, as we all know. And so let's move on. Um, the Rams, they win an ugly one in Minnesota, 30 to 23 Stafford throws three interceptions. He gave me, and I started them in fantasy. I was feeling pretty good about starting him in fantasy. As a matter of fact, he scores 11.65 fantasy points for me. Uh, this is a weird game in that like no one could score for the longest time early. And then it was a bunch of points in the second half. It was 17, I'm sorry, 16 combined points in the first half and then 37 combined in the second half. So that was sort of strange. Sonny Michelle was phenomenal, by the way, 27 carries 131 yards and a touchdown to Daryl Henderson, just one carry. And I believe that one carry, if memory serves me right, went for 17 yards. So in any case, Sony, and you guys have heard me say this a million times, Sean McVay wants the lead back. Like he likes to just give it all to one guy for the most part. And that's what he's doing with Sony. I think Sony played well in Henderson's absence from the injury. 
And now he's fully just kind of supplanted him as the the starter in L.A. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Cam Akers plays. So uh, moving forward, but I think Cam will definitely be involved if he can play in some type of role, at least if not the lead back role, who knows? But Sony right now is is staking his claim to be a legitimate starting running back in this league moving forward in this league moving forward. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was look, it was ugly. The Rams defense made some plays. And they were able to get the win. It wasn't it wasn't a pretty game by any means. Uh, Odell gets in the end zone, so that was cool and all that. But like at the end of the day, it was a weird, again, weird game. Weird game, 30-23. to 23. I think the Rams had a defensive touchdown this game. The Vikings had a defensive near touchdown. Uh, and Staff, man, Stafford's got to clean it up, though. He's looked like you're sitting there if you're, if you're McVay and company and you're saying, hey, like we traded, you know, a bunch of compensation and Jared Goff to get this guy. And lately, he's just really not playing. I mean, he's just been inconsistent, right? And, that, and there's really no reason for it. He's got a ton of weapons. He's got a great running game to support him. He's got, you know, he's got everything he needs. I don't understand, you know, and I know maybe the offensive line's not great, but still, in my opinion, he has plenty there. And uh, I think that, you know, all that, you know, the funny thing is I'm kind of scolding him. And all that said, the Rams now, as I mentioned earlier, lead their division and they're the number two seed in the NFC. And the Vikings now are out of the playoff picture as currently uh, number nine seed is Minnesota right now. All right. Bills get a huge road win over the Patriots. 33, 21. What a game this was, man. Josh Allen was clutch. Awesome. And inconsistent. He really, I mean, he was. It was. It's weird to like lump that all into one sentence, but that it was just like, you know, there'd be a, a phenomenal third and 10 conversion by Josh Allen just doing something that really only he can do. And then it would be like the next place first and 10 and he misses a guy on a, on a little swing pass or whatever. It was just like a weird game. But overall, Bills fans will absolutely take it. He was 30 of 47. That's about 64% completion, 314 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he ran... Uh, 12 times for 64 yards. He was their leading rusher. So Josh Allen, um, again, situational football is how I how I really judge a quarterback. That's why I'm always you know big on Tom Brady being the goat because in certain situations Brady does what he does better than anyone else, right? And that's what Josh Allen did in this game. The Patriots make it a 26-21 game. They score a touchdown on a long drive with like. I think it was like three, four, five minutes to go or whatever. And the Bills did not flinch. They they were aggressive. They were basically all passes. If I you know, if I'm remembering that correctly, and, and maybe a Josh Allen run and a singletary run in there, but it was it was a they went down, scored the touchdown to 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 just, you know, finish the game. And it was a lot of third downs. And it was, if I remember correctly, third and long. I, Isaiah McKenzie was phenomenal in this game for Buffalo, uh, within the ab- absence of Gabriel Davis. And, you know, the Bills were extra motivated, man. That whole, the Patriots going into their house and running the ball and and the Belichick praise and Sean McDermott was pissed and the media members pissing off the Bills defensive players. It was an emotional Buffalo Bills football team, and they came out there ready to kick some ass. And it, it was actually... Uh, pretty encouraging to see. Guys, this is the first time a Bill Belichick or the Patriots in 392 games with Bill Belichick as head coach where they did not force a single punt. You know, the Bills had some fourth uh, fourth downs where they didn't make it and they, or they, they might have blown this game completely out of, uh, you know, uh, out of reach for, for the Patriots in terms of the, the lead they would have had if they converted. I believe it was one or two fourth downs down near the, the red area. But in any case, man, the Bills defense was phenomenal. The, again, offense was good enough to where they didn't have to punt one time. Josh Allen didn't throw an interception. They did have, the, as I mentioned, the fourth down uh, turnover on downs. But, um, you know, 
just thoroughly outplayed the Patriots in every in every step of the way. They were they wanted it more yesterday, and that was very impressive to see. Mac Jones he struggled. He was uh, fourteen of thirty two, one hundred and forty five yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And in Mac Jones' last two games, by the way, both losses. He's fifty two percent completion, five point eight yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. And that's against the Colts and uh, now the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills take the AFC East lead. They take the number four seed, and now the Patriots. Uh, you know, fortunate enough for them are still the sixth seed right now. They're still in the playoffs and they still have an opportunity to win the division. I don't know who these teams play next, but, um, but in any case, it's still up for grabs. But right now the Buffalo bills have done enough to take that division in terms of uh, where they sit now. So the bucks, I'll make this quick and painless for you guys. Cause I'm a Panther fan and I don't really want to get too deep into this, but the bucks methodically just disposed of my Carolina Panthers with 32 to six in Carolina, by the way. And uh, they said Sam Darnold was going to play. Well, Darnold sure did play. He was 15 of 32. So less than 50% completion, 190 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, believe it or not. But he did have a 63 yard pass on like a broken play to shy Smith and on his first uh, series. And so if you look at what he was doing without that 63 yard play, right? And I'm not going to say you should take the play away, but I'm just contextualizing his play as a whole yesterday. Without that, he averaged 4.1 yards per pass attempt, right? The two-quarterback system worked about as well as anybody thought it might. It didn't work. Uh, you know, you can't disrupt rhythm of professional quarterbacks. This is not college football. And so I disagree with that very strongly in terms of with Matt Rule as, as far as, you know, doing that. If you just if you want to start Darnold, just start Darnold. You know what I mean? But if you want to put Cam in in a couple of rundown situations, I get that. But, like, I think – Cam is still a better player than Sam Darnold. I think we've seen in four years enough and all we need to see uh, with Sam Darnold. So that's just my take on it. But um, the the Tampa Bay offense in this one came out balanced, by the way. They came out 31 runs, 31 passes. And uh, I think, you know, you have to do that against a team in Carolina that's objectively still a top 10 at worst uh, pass defense. And they, they knew that. And they so they were able to run with uh, Rojo, carried the ball 20 times, had a touchdown, like 60-something yards. And then the uh, the second year player Keyshawn Vaughn, third round pick from Vanderbilt last year, had six, uh, set, I think it was seven for seventy, and uh, and a touchdown it was like a fourteen or a fifty something yard touchdown early on. So Antonio Brown, by the way, guys, is still he might still be an elite player. Just in my opinion, dude, the guy can separate. You see, it, he was getting separation at will against against Stephon Gilmore. Like it, it was just he is that freaking good, even at age like thirty four, whatever he is, coming off the the long break with injury and in a game where there was nobody to take the pressure off of him, right? He was the number one guy, saw 15 targets, caught 10 of them for 101 yards. So uh, Grayson, the other receiver stepped up in the absence of, you know, the injured guys, Evans and Godwin. He had three catches for 81 yards, also had a 14 yard run. And I can't believe this, but Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller and Rob Gronkowski combined for one catch for 23 yards. Would have never, ever thought that because the Bucks were a team that passed the ball 70% of the time, damn near. And they came in, they were extremely balanced and didn't even target Tyler Johnson. So it was it was a weird thing. But now the Bucks are the three seed, and uh, and that's because they lost to the Rams earlier in the season. So those wins and losses earlier, you think, oh, no, no big deal. They matter. And that's a huge one right now, standing in the way of the two seed for Tampa. Um, and the Panthers dropped the five and ten. So... The Jaguars, they lose in a last-minute affair to the New York Jets. They lost 21-26. And so on the Jets side of things, Zach Wilson popped a 52-yard touchdown run, if you can believe it. Um, on that drive, by the way, he also had a 19-yard pass to Keelan Cole. And, um, you know, he, he did some good things early. But really, for the most part, he did finish with 91 yards on the ground. 
Uh, so that's like another 40 yards or whatever, 39 yards uh, after the big run. But he was only 14 of 22 for 102 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. So that's good. Um, but Michael Carter was able to come alive sort of towards the uh, the middle and end of that game. He carried the ball a total of 16 times. Where's he at? 16 times for 118 yards, average almost seven and a half yards per carry. So he was awesome. I wish he would have gotten the end zone in terms of fantasy because I did start him. Um, but uh, but yeah, he still he played really well. We had the Berrios kick return for a touchdown, 102 yarder. And then as far as Trevor Lawrence goes, he played. He didn't play poorly. He played decently well. Look, Trevor actually orchestrated six drives of 11 or more plays, you know, and, and on the final drive there, the potential game winning drive, he started that drive six of six for 48 yards and he ran uh, for 26 yards. So he, he just, he couldn't finish it. You know, it ends up losing from fourth and goal at the one yard line. They don't convert and the jets uh, ultimately get the win, but it wasn't a bad game considering James Robinson was out and he didn't throw any interceptions. I think he did lose a fumble, but in any case, uh, the Jets win and they go to, I believe, 4 and 11. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars drop to 2 and 13. So, uh, is what it is in that regard. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions, though, the greatest 2 12 and 1 team in NFL history, I might add. Uh, they lose in Atlanta, close game, 16 to 20. No Jared Goff, no DeAndre Swift, and they still kept it competitive throughout. Tim Boyle finished 24 of 34, 187 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Jamal Williams ran 19 for 77 yards. Reynolds added 11 carries for 29. Um, but the most impressive player on that Detroit offense, and this is much to my surprise, was Amon Ross St. Brown. Dude, the guy had nine for 91 and a touchdown. And he had two carries for 19 yards. So he went over 100 yards and a touchdown. I'm sorry to anyone I told not to start the guy. I just thought without Goff especially, like you can't start him and – Apparently you can. So uh, what a what a pick too. I think it was an early day three guy, like a fourth round pick in, in his rookie season, just having a really fantastic finish to his season and really becoming their go-to guy there in that offense, um, which was not what I was expecting at all. Detroit's defense was solid again. They, they had, uh, this was their eighth game, by the way, out of 15 games where they held their opponent to 20 or fewer points. And so that's impressive. Cordero Patterson carried the ball seven times for 14 yards. Mike Davis, uh, you know, had a, Similar day in terms of under 30 yards rushing or whatever it was. Uh, Kyle Pitts that have six for 102. So shout out to him. And he's actually going to, it looks like he's going to break the record for yardage in a season by a rookie tight end, even though it's been a really quiet uh, season in that way. Just shows you how much or how uh, not often at all rookie tight ends do what he's doing. So it's that's that's a good thing for them. And the Falcons have improved the seven and eight. They're the 10 seed now. Uh, the Lions are 212 and one. As I mentioned, the greatest 212 and one team ever, baby. Uh, anyways, Texans beat the Chargers 41-29. Guys, Houston scored 24 fourth quarter points in this game to finish it off with a pick six, I know. But still, they, they went off and finished the hell out of the Chargers. Davis Mills, in my opinion, has, has had three or four games that are better than any game Trevor Lawrence has put out there in his rookie season. And, that, and this was without Brandon Cooks. He goes 21 of 27, 254 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. That's almost nine and a half yards per pass attempt. Okay, he was awesome he he just was he was accurate and it was not just dink and dunk for those of you that are into the a dot stuff i don't know what his a dot was but i know that i saw several uh really nice deep and intermediate throws in this game and he was just really good and by the way you know who else was really good was rex freaking burkhead 22 for a buck 49 and two touchdowns <laughs> insane so the texans beat the chargers and currently Knocked them out of the playoffs. So as if the season were to end today, the Chargers are now out of the playoffs because of this loss. And that was even with 
Justin Herbert going 27 of 35 for 336 with a touchdown. And yes, two picks, including the pick six. So um, uh, Justin Jackson had the game that I thought he would as a runner, just but minus the touchdowns, 11 for 64. I knew they were going to put more on Herbert's plate. It just so happened that Justin Jackson caught eight for 98 and, and he scored two rushing touchdowns. So for anybody I told to not start him, I do apologize. Uh, my guy on Twitter there, I can't remember where you're at at the moment, but I'm, I'm sorry about that, bro. It just... Uh, I feel like I feel like my logic was right. Unfortunately, shit happens sometimes, and and Justin Jackson went off. I hope you still won. Um, and to anybody else, I ditto that message. So, um, but yeah, like I said, the loss knocks the Chargers out of the playoffs, and the Texans improved to four and eleven. But the Chargers obviously still have an opportunity to get in the playoffs. They they that head to head loss against the Ravens is the only thing keeping them out as of now. How about the Cincinnati Bengals just erupting in Baltimore with an offensive explosion, forty one twenty one victory, Burrow. 525 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Guys, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase combined for 19 for a, a 319 yards and two touchdowns on 23 targets, right? Higgins, Chase, Boyd went for 22 for 404 and three touchdowns. 22 catches between these three guys, 404 yards and three touchdowns. And if you even want to get crazier, Joe Mixon caught six for 70 and a touchdown. It was an absolute on- onslaught. Uh, by the Cincinnati passing game in particular. And uh, defensively, they were able to hold Baltimore to 39 yards rushing. And I couldn't believe that Josh Johnson went 28 of 40 for 304 and two touchdowns, one pick. He was able to actually keep the game semi-interesting for a certain amount of time. And uh, and yeah, man, it was it was one it was not what I was I was expecting a low, low scoring game. I think a lot of us would probably have said that, but that's just was not to be the case. And uh Cincinnati takes the division lead right now, and they're the number three seed in the AFC. Um, and the Ravens dropped to eight and seven. They are now the seven seed, and they got the Rams coming to Baltimore next week. So not doesn't get any easier if you're Baltimore. You desperately need some guys back and healthy. But I was very much impressed with the way some of the receivers played, including Mark Andrews in that as tight end. And uh, you know James Prochet goes seven. I think it was like seven for seventy one. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was what it was, but it just, you know, valiant effort by the offense of Baltimore, just not able to do anything in terms of stopping the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals passing attack. So it was uh, kind of a crazy game. But anyways, let's move on. The Bears steal a road win in Seattle in the snow on a last second two point conversion to win it 25, 24. Seattle was basically in complete control. It felt like for the first three quarters, they entered the fourth quarter with a 10 point lead. It just felt like, you know, they got it right. No problem. But then Foles got clutch. He outplayed Russell Wilson, particularly in the crunch time, particularly in situational football aspect, you know, and, um, I mean, Foles was 24 of 35 for 250, a touchdown, no picks. And Russell was uh, 16 of 27 for 181 yards, two touchdown, no picks. And that was even with Rashad Penny going 17 for 135 and a score, who, by the way, maybe just might salvage his NFL career with how well he's playing in the last couple of weeks. And I, I know last week against the Rams, he didn't go crazy. But the point is, he's looked really good at times uh, over, down the stretch here. And so the Seattle defense did a pretty good job against David Montgomery as far as holding him in check on the ground, 21 for 45 and a touchdown, although he had seven catches for 61 yards. And how about the sprint out for the two-point conversion, and it makes it, and all of a sudden, no one, it's weird enough, I don't hear anyone complaining about the the play call in that situation. So weird. Uh, but anyways, good win for Seattle, I'm sorry, good win for Chicago. Seattle loses a tough game, and man, I, I am so curious to see how this plays out because if you're Seattle, you don't want to let Russell Wilson go, right? Or at least that's what I would have thought. Now you might be thinking, hey, 
if we can get like three first round picks for this guy, maybe is there any chance that he's just over the hill? Because we got DK Metcalf, we got Tyler Lockett, we got I mean we got some you know a good running game and all that stuff. Maybe they this would be you know uh, a, a good time to trade him if you can get some crazy kind of compensation. Just all things considered, you know we've seen this for three years in a row now where he's fallen off over the second half of the season, and um, this year is has really been no different in that regard. All right, guys, let's move on to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs just demolishing the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-10. This was a full, you know, just a full display of Kansas City being the maybe the best team in football right now. Dude, their defense is elite. I, I make no, I, I'm not, uh, that's not hyperbole at all. That's a defense that's absolutely elite, in my opinion. They're good on all three levels. They're excellent in coverage. They have a pretty damn good pass rush, and they, uh, they have some competency at the linebacker spot, especially with, um, uh, Willie Gay there. I like, he's a playmaker. You know, they got, they just have depth everywhere, man. They have a nice, um, a nice group of depth at all three levels in that defense. And especially as I mentioned in covered, that secondary is very, very good. Um, Mahomes was 23 of 30, 258, three touchdowns, no picks. The running attack was actually there. I know my guy Clyde got hurt, man. That really disappointed me because I thought he was gonna have a big game, but Derek Gore looked good, man. 12 for 43 doesn't do him justice. He actually played much better than that. In my opinion, he just looks explosive. And Oh, by the way, as a receiver, he had three for 61. So um, they're able to to spread the ball around a lot. Like Tyreek Hill just had two catches for 19 yards. It, it, you know, doesn't matter. The the Chiefs' offense didn't miss a beat, and the Steelers' offense couldn't get anything going at all whatsoever. Um, so Kansas City right now is clicking on all cylinders. They're not struggling offensively like they like they had been in recent weeks. They look fun, phenomenal on both sides of the ball. They're very dangerous. They are the number one seed uh, in the AFC, and I don't see them relinquishing that. They're eleven and four now. If, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they could potentially lose that to Tennessee, but I just don't see it happening, man. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win out, win the rest of their games, and I don't even care who they're playing against. I'm making that statement just completely in the dark. They're just, they're good, man. They're just, they're more than good. They're a great football team on all cylinders. And earlier this year, I told you guys, hey, they are not out of it. They were two games out of first place in the AFC when Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless were giving up on them for the season and all that stuff. And I said, look, they're two games out of first place with 10 weeks to go. Look at my Instagram story. I, I in Twitter, I, I posted these things at, back in uh, October and I just reposted them today. I'm like, dude, the Chiefs are two games out with 10 weeks to go. They'll be fine. They have some new pieces on the offensive line. Sometimes that just takes a little bit of time to gel. They're healthy and they will be very much within, you know, they'll be, I, they'll be the one seed. I, I really felt like they could still become the one seed and it looks to be that that might be the case. So um, in any case, the Kansas city chiefs are legit. The Steelers, that was a devastating loss for them as they now uh, really, it, it's almost playoffs are basically a, a no, a, almost impossible at this point. So that sucks because they've battled, you know, it's just that they got to fix that run defense and they've got to, They've got to get better quarterback play, man. You know, Ben's not awful right now, but he's just not good enough to keep pace with somebody like Mahomes, especially when the when Mahomes has an elite defense on his side. So Kansas City is very much, uh, to me, maybe the Super Bowl favorites, if not at least the the favorites in the AFC. I think that's a given, to, to be quite honest. All right, let's talk about the, the Raiders and the uh, Denver Broncos. So this game was... To me, I was disappointed with with not only – yeah, I was disappointed with Drew Locke's play, but I was also just disappointed with the way that the Broncos uh, coaching staff deployed him. Like, I don't know, man. I just feel like 
this guy has a different skill set than Teddy Bridgewater, right? You don't want to play him in the in the same exact way that you'd play Bridgewater. And maybe I'll, I'll admit to this: maybe this is me being a guy that was super high on Drew Locke. He was my QB one of that draft class. I know that's not aging well. You don't have to remind me, but I'm sure some of you will. It's okay. Um, look, I feel like his talent is is high high level. Like I feel like he's got an opportunity in terms of the skill set he possesses to be one of the better quarterbacks in this league or a top 12, you know, top 10, top 12 kind of guy. Um, he was 15 of 22 for 153 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. That tells me immediately that, that it was, we don't want you to make any big mistakes. And that's the kind of football they want to play, which partially I understand. But on the other side of it, it's like, dude, you guys didn't even give like, your uh, offense, your running game had 14 carries between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon for eight yards. Not counting Drew Locke's 10 yards on the ground. But, like, those two running backs have to perform better. And it was very predictable run on first down. Or at least I don't have the data to back that up. But that's the way it felt to me. It was like run on first down, you know, maybe run on second down, pass on third. It's it's You put them in a bad spot. I don't. I wanted to see more of Drew Locke on the move, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought the defense for Denver played phenomenally well again. You know, they really held Derek Carr in check there. Uh, other than the the way they played against the run, Josh Jacobs had maybe his best game of the season uh, as a runner. Twenty seven carries, one hundred twenty nine yards. Uh, didn't get in the end zone, but still, he he was awesome in that regard. And my guy Hunter Renfro got in the end zone, but I could have used some more catches from you, Hunter. But hey, at least he got in the end zone, so it is what it is. And right now, the Raiders are still in it right that that was devastating by the way for the broncos as they dropped to seven and eight but the raiders now one of the three teams that are eight and seven so check this out baltimore is eight and seven the raiders are eight and seven this is where the thing confuses me right because the raiders beat the ravens so why aren't they ahead and i think it's because the chargers hold the tiebreaker over the raiders i, I, would, I would imagine right like because like uh, the ravens right now are the seven seed they're eight and seven. The Chargers are the eight seed, so they're out of the playoffs at eight and seven. And the Raiders are eight and seven as the nine seed. But let me see, where's the conference records at? I'm trying to do this on the fly. I don't know. the The Raiders have a better conference record than Baltimore and the Chargers. They just oh, here's what it is. They they have a worse division record than the Chargers. And Baltimore has the tiebreaker over the Chargers. So that's why it's it is what it is. It's crazy how these things get to, you know, these scenarios and how, how, you know, particular they are uh, down the stretch in, in, in these playoff times. But uh, anyways, great win for the Raiders and they're still alive. I mean, anything could happen. I would, I would actually love to see the Raiders back into that seven seed. It, you know, it's, it would be, it would be weird because I think that they have almost no chance of beating and, you know, doing anything meaningful in the playoff on a playoff run. But I will say, just with everything they've been through, you know, the head coach gets fired in the middle of the season for all the crap he did. The, you know, Henry Ruggs does some devastating stuff and puts himself basically in, on the on the doorsteps of jail, damn near, uh, allegedly. And, you know, if, if they were to come out and win that game I, I, or get in the playoffs, I'd be very impressed with them. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it is or we'll see how it unfolds. But let's move on to the final game of Sunday, which was an absolute dismantling dismantling of the Washington football team by the Dallas Cowboys. Ron Rivera is someone I have a lot of respect for, guys. You know that as a Panther fan that I am. But my goodness, this was ugly. 42-7 to at halftime. At halftime, right? Trayvon Diggs 
can't stop intercepting footballs. He doesn't know how. I'm convinced the man doesn't know how to stop getting picks. It's insanity, right? Uh, Taylor Heineke was 7 of 22, a buck 21, one touchdown, two picks. Kyle Allen played better, but that was, you know, uh, who knows how much that means. He was 8 of 10 for 67 in the touchdown. Uh, For the record, I kind of think Kyle's a better player, or I used to think that, I guess. Heineke's been playing well mostly this year, but not in this one. Dak Prescott was 28 of 39, 334 touchdowns, no picks. Talk about a guy you can count on in your fantasy playoffs, a la not Matt Stafford, uh, or even Justin Herbert for that matter. But anyways, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, man, with the defense playing like that, you know, and a um, the offense looking the way it did, this might, I've seen this, remember I always talk about pattern recognition, right? Late in the season, I see teams that are they're kind of perceived to be stumbling towards the back half of the of the season or whatever, like Dallas was a few weeks ago, and then boom, they kick down the door. Like I could see if the if the Cardinals are to go into, I believe they play Dallas next week. I think that's right. If they let's just say the Cardinals do this something of this effect to Dallas, they beat them forty-one to fourteen or something like that, right? That would be the same kind of thing. But that's where I think Dallas is in that. This performance right here, on top of their other recent success, could really push them and catapult them momentum-wise into becoming a real uh, problem for teams in the NFC. Because right now, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, and I ask you, who do you think would win between the Dallas Cowboys or the Green Bay Packers? You know, I think that maybe the answer to that for a lot of us would probably be, well, where's the game? The game's in Green Bay. Maybe we side with Green Bay. But I think the Cowboys are absolutely able to go in there and, and get that win. I mean, they don't have any shot at the number one seed right now. They're currently the four seed, by the way. But in any case, um, or wait, are they? Did this not update? Let me double check this real quick. The Cowboys are the, wait a minute, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't have this refreshed from, um, from la- like before, or this didn't have last night's game taken into consideration. So maybe I got the seeds all screwed up. Let me double check. Damn it. Okay. Wow. The Cowboys are the two seed. Okay. So. If the Packers lose a game and Dallas wins, uh, you know, they're, if the Packers lose their next two games, Jesus, and Dallas wins their next two games, the Cowboys would be, or I'm sorry, if the Packers win, lose one game, Dallas wins one, I believe Dallas would be the number one seed. So they still have a very real chance at number one seed. My God, that took a lot to get out. So because I butchered the entirety of the seeding earlier, let me retell you the seeds in the NFC. Okay, you got Packers at one. Dallas at two, uh, Rams at three, Bucks at four, Cardinals five, Niners six, uh, Eagles seven. So that's your your seven playoff teams in the AFC. Now if we go to NFC, I'm sorry, in, in the NFC. Now if we go to the AFC, Jesus. Um, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at one, the Titans at two. I think that one stays about the same. Yeah, Cincy at three, Bills at four, um, Colts at five, Patriots six, and Ravens seven. Yeah, so that's all the same. But um, but yeah, man. Uh, an absolute dismantling, you know, just to get back to this game. Um, I don't really know what you want me to say about it, right? Like it was, it was ugly for Washington. And and I don't really, I think I recall one game like this with uh, maybe two. And actually they were both against the Steelers where Ron Rivera, a Ron Rivera team had this happen to him. And then one other one I remember against the Packers, but three, you know, times in, in 10 years, I believe his career in Carolina as the head coach and, you know, where he's gotten just completely annihilated like this. So not something that he's going to be happy about. And the biggest and most devastating part about this whole thing is they needed to win this game. Like to have any chance of making the playoffs, they needed to win it. They are, I believe, 
mathematically eliminated. And if not, they're basically mathematically eliminated. They're done as far as the playoffs go. So very unfortunate. Now, if you're a Washington fan, let me hear you answer this one or just like DM me your answer or whatever. Uh, would you like to see Kyle Allen just start the last game? You know, we've kind of got a lot of tape on Heineke. We kind of know what's what there. I mean, I think Heineke's a solid player, but maybe we see a game with Kyle Allen starting. I don't know. Or a couple. But um, in any case, I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. I'll, I'll touch on the Monday night game, I guess, like, you know, probably on tomorrow's podcast or whatever. And um, I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you guys are all kicking ass in fantasy and I hope you're on your way or after tonight on your way to a championship uh, game in fantasy. If you are, let me know. I love hearing that stuff. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.